Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cape League Roundup. This is episode seven discussing the goings-on of the Cape Cod Baseball League. And let's get started with taking a look at the games from last night, the 14th of July. We are now the on the Ides of July, the 15th of the month. And the title of this episode, Hyannis Pain Intensifies, is... um. Yeah, this season is just consistently going from bad to worse for the Hyannis Harbor Hawks. So, Hyannis paid a visit to first place Bourne yesterday, was looking to snap what was a nine-game winning streak and get their third victory of the season. And it went kind of okay for them for a bit. Their starter, Adrian Siravo, from Weatherford College, did another very good job. The Gilmanton Ironworks native doing his best and making some good stuff come out of his uh, his pitching arm. He held the Braves to just one run and two hits. He only struck out one, but if you're limiting the runs, it doesn't really matter if you're striking people out as long as you're getting out somehow, some way. Um, so Hyannis was leading 2-1 to one at the end of the fourth inning. No runs in the fifth, so that score held into the fifth. Then uh, Hyannis blew up for three runs in the sixth and was having a nice, good time with that. Then Bourne got five runs in the bottom half of the sixth inning, which made it a 6-5 to five game. And Hyannis is thinking, oh no, we're going to lose, aren't we? Then there was hope in the seventh inning. Hyannis got two runs across. And they're thinking, wow, we might be able to do something and not lose this game. The lead holds up in the bottom of the seventh and in the eighth inning. And they are up seven to six going into the ninth inning. And they have a chance to actually win a game. And it all goes extremely, extremely badly. So here's the sequence in the bottom half of the ninth inning. Colby Thomas gets on with a base hit and then advances all the way to third on an error in left field. Then Christian Napsek with a base hit to drive in Colby Thomas to tie the game up. Next guy flies out. Next guy is intentionally walked. They have a guy run for the uh, most recent person. Then they have Braylon Wimmer come up to hit. He pops out to second. And then a walk-off hit to wrap up the game by Caden Wallace out of Arkansas to conclude proceedings. And the Bourne Braves have won another game, 8-7. to seven. The Braves having an amazing season, 14-2-3. Hyannis with their second consecutive winnable game. They lose it. They are now 2-17 overall, and they now sit at a 10-game losing streak and a run differential of minus 74. Oh, my God. This is just one of those nightmare sports seasons that, dude, 
just dude uh well hyannis gets a incredibly well-deserved day off in which they get to do literally anything except think about playing a baseball game they go back home to uh, mckeon park on friday they will be hosting the Harwich Mariners, the probable starter for the Harbor Hawks, is going to be David Furtado out of Wake Forest, who's appeared in a few games before, uh, has appeared in four games before. He's been okay. This will be his first start. He's thrown 11 innings, has struck out nine, has an ERA of four. It does have one loss on the season, but did okay in that one in what ended up being a 4 nothing loss which is offense just wasn't able to generate much of anything. So that's just brutal. That's just plain brutal, man. I feel bad for the Hyannis Harbor Hawks. And Bourne, I mean, wow. They're, wow. <laughs> they keep finding ways to win. Give you as much as you harp on the fact that you really shouldn't lose that game if you are Hyannis. Uh, by the way, the loss ends up going to Luke Mann out of Mizzou, who threw the last inning and a third. Gave up two hits, two runs. Neither of them were actually earned the error in the outfield, so his ERA for the game is uh, is actually quite good. It's zero. The winning pitcher is Eric Adler from Wake Forest. Just through the last inning, which was... By rule, yeah, that's the only pitcher you really can award a win to for the Bourne Braves. In truth, it, the best performer was the Braves starter, uh, Kenneth Turner from Hartford, from North Stonington, Connecticut. So good job by the six foot five, two twenty pound starter. Four innings, two runs scored. He had the most effective performance out of anybody. Gave, he did give up four hits, but he went the longest, and then Coach Shapiro just bullpened the rest of the way through. So a good performance by the Braves to get the win, and just brutal, brutal, brutal game for the Hyannis Harbor Hawks in what just continues to be an absolute nightmare season. All right, so moving over to Harwich, a pretty decent crowd, 17-22, and we have a tie. Yeah, this game ended in a 2-2 two -two tie between the Harwich Mariners and the Orleans Firebirds, and this was a pitching and defense kind of game for the most part. Both starters were excellent. Harwich's Trey Dombrowski out of Monmouth University went six innings, didn't give up a run, gave up just three hits. He struck out seven. He didn't walk anybody. He was phenomenal. And the Orleans starter went five innings, gave up three hits, walked two. Patrick Riley from Vanderbilt was outstanding. And the rest of the bullpens going behind him were okay as well. Uh, Harwich just had a little bit more success, but both sides ended up getting two runs. Orleans got both of theirs in the top half of the seventh inning. So Chase DeLauder with a double to lead off the inning for the first pitcher, the first batter that Alex Rao faced after Trey Dombrowski was so excellent. That's not the best way to get things going. They tried getting 
Corey Acton out at first base, but he was successful in getting to the bag. Chase DeLauder did score on that ground ball that he hit, so that brought home the run. Acton then stole a base, and Acton then came home to score after an error by the pitcher and a base hit by Trey Harmon. So that's going pretty well for them. That's how they got their two runs. Harwich didn't score in the seventh, and then in the eighth, the Mariners got their runs back, and Chris Newell hit a two-run bomb that got every that got both of the runs. The center fielder for the Mariners out of Virginia got both runs. And there were no runs scored in either the top half or the bottom half of the ninth inning. So we end the game in a 2-2 two to two tie, which effectively, just for this season, normally we would be concerned about trying to get points for the point standings, which would be how we determine how everything goes. But for this season, ties effectively just take values out of your loss column they just mean you lose fewer games so it's unclear exactly how this ends up affecting both of the teams orleans now seven eight and three on the season harwich is now nine seven and three as far as their place in the standings harwich is now third in the east orleans is now fourth in the east so they pretty much stay exactly where they were at the start of the day. Neither Harwich nor Orleans are playing today. They get a nice, well-deserved off day. Orleans goes to Wareham on Friday, and Harwich goes to Hyannis on the uh, on Friday as well. So that's how that works itself out. Next game from the prior night to look at, a relatively straightforward and pretty easy game. Katuit beating up Wareham and taking over second place in the West by a full game. A relatively smaller crowd, only 888 people at Spillane Field for the 6-1 victory for the Katuit Cataliers, which in truth was a 3-1 game that got out of hand in the 8th inning. The win for the Cataliers ends up going to not the starter, but to the first pitcher out of the bullpen, Ryan Long, from Pomona Pitzer College, which Pomona Pitzer is an athletic program that's kind of a consortium program between two Division three schools in California, Pomona College and Pitzer College. So that's where he came from and got his first win of the season, throwing three and a third innings, giving up two hits, just one run, Three Ks and two walks. Good job by him. Uh, there was a save awarded to this game as well. It went to Zachary Fruit, real name of a real pitcher, from Eastern Michigan. He threw the last two and two-thirds innings, gave up a hit, two walks, and got three Ks, didn't give up a run, then faced 11 batters to record the save. Wareham's loss is awarded to... Elias Saul from Sacramento State threw two innings, gave up two runs, two hits, two walks, two Ks in two innings. Twos all the way around for number 21. It, it, it was almost perfect. So, uh, well, you can't get everything you want in this life, I suppose. As far as how Katuit's run scoring worked itself out, we had two runs that came across in the second inning, a double by Brooks Baldwin, a walked by Drew Compton, 
who actually is listed as Drew Compton Compton in the game live standings. I'm pretty sure that his parents did not actually name him Drew Compton Compton, because no one does that. Uh, Jace Grady drove in Baldwin for the first run, and with the bases loaded, Ryan Ritter walked to load the bases, and then the next guy grounded into a fielder's choice. Matthew Donlin grounded out to bring home the second run, and Wareham wouldn't ever tie the game. The Gateman got one run in the bottom of the fourth after Katuit scored in the top of the fourth, and then in the eighth inning, the Ketteliers completely blew up and got a really good performance out of the offensive push. Brooks Baldwin had two hits and drove in two runs. He had the only extra base hit for the Kettleers. He hit a double, as mentioned uh, earlier. The other big offensive performer, Matthew Donlin from UConn, had two hits and drove in two runs. So that's going exceedingly well for him and for them. Owen Diodati had the top offensive performance for the Gatemen. He had two hits and drove in the only run of the game from Alabama. He continues to have a pretty good season. 288 is average on the season, five homers and 15 RBI. He's having a decent go of it, and I'd expect him to get some attention for the draft in the 2022 calendar year. As far as the standings, Katuit is now 10-9. and nine. They remain one of the only two teams without a tie on the season. Hyannis is the other one, and I guarantee you they would absolutely take a tie at this point to snap that losing streak. So the Ketteliers are the only other team besides Bourne who is over 500 in the Western Division, which is kind of interesting. Wareham is now 7-8-4. and four. They have two more ties. Falmouth 7-8-2, they just have played two fewer games than everyone else in the West. So that's kind of a weird way that that works itself out. Uh, the Gatemen are going to Falmouth tonight. Falmouth, who did not play last night. I don't have a probable starter for the Gatemen. Falmouth is going to put Jack Jacek onto the mound as the probable starter. And one last game from the Knights' actions, a five-inning game between the Chatham Anglers and the Brewster Whitecaps. Now, you might be thinking, wait, why were there only five innings played? Well, it's Chatham, and there was fog that rolled in. A unique hazard that only really exists for, you know, for that place, because yay! So, and there was complaints going from both ways. Actually, so the Chatham coach at the start of the game was hitting fungos, Was had uh, one of his assistants hit fungos to him in the outfield to see if he could see anything. He couldn't see the ball. So, yeah, that this is all going brilliantly well. But they forced it through. They played five innings, and that was it. They called it after five. Chatham got one run in the bottom half of the first inning, scratching one out. Brewster tied it up with a run in the top half of the third inning on a Zach Neto home run. And then the wheels completely fell off for the Whitecaps in the bottom half of the fourth when Chatham scored four runs. And it was one of those, everything is going terribly. The loss ends up going to the starter, Teddy McGraw, who through three and two-thirds innings gave up seven hits, 
three runs, uh, three earned runs, six runs overall. The defense didn't play very well behind him. He struck out three guys, and his season ERA gets knocked up to 275. For the most part, he's pitched pretty well. He's just had a couple games that have gone sideways on him. This was one of them. The win ends up going to the Chatham starter, Bryce Osmond from Oklahoma State. Pitched the first four innings, gave up two hits, one run. Walked four and struck out four. He got himself into some trouble, but got out of it. And uh, there was another home run hit by the Whitecaps. Spencer Jones got a hold of one to cut it to 6-3 in the top half of the fifth. And Maxwell Romero Jr. from Vanderbilt also hit a home run in this game to help out the anglers' effort. Chatham still sits in last place in the East. They have a record of 7-10-3. Brewster barely is hanging on to first place in the East, 10-7-2. They're just a little bit ahead of the YD Red Sox, and should YD win their game tonight, then they will be going on. YD will take over first place. YD is hosting Chatham. Trevor Martin is going to be the starter for the Anglers. Martin from Oklahoma State. Meanwhile, YD is going to put Ross Dunn out on the hill, a freshman from Florida State, looking for his first win of the season. And actually, this will be his first start as well. Brewster is not scheduled to play until Friday when they return home to Stony Brook and are hosting the Falmouth Commodores. Trey McLaughlin from the Fairfield Stags in Fairfield, Connecticut, will get the start. He's been excellent. The Commodores have put him on the hill twice so far. He's thrown 11 innings, has struck out 7, walked 2, and has an ERA of 0. So he's promising. Uh, Brewster is going to put Brian Fitzpatrick, the six foot seven, two hundred twenty-five pound starter from Rutgers, on the hill. Four four games played, he's gotten one start, he's gotten a win, uh, and he's thrown a grand total of eleven innings with fourteen Ks, and he has a three twenty-seven ERA. He hasn't thrown more than three and a third innings, so they're hopeful that they can get long out of him or that they at least have a couple of guys in the bullpen ready to go and having it actually having a shortened game in Chatham doesn't totally hurt them in this instance though Zach Neto did leave the game due to an injury so that's a real problem for the Whitecaps those are your games from last night those are your games upcoming for today thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Cape League Roundup we hope you enjoyed yourself Have a wonderful day, enjoy some sunlight, and enjoy some baseball.